0: All right, Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to debrief Brock Sember. It is a great time to be a Cyclone and an even better time to be a 49ers fan. And we will talk a little bit about the Cyhawk matchup and some updates on basketball, end of year Big 12 football awards. But as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as best place to watch the big game. For their every single day deals, they have vodka pitchers, rum pitchers, and tequila pitchers. For $5, you've heard us say before, you are not going to get that anywhere else. And of course, head on over there on Fridays at 4 p.m. They do have $5 wraps. I know you guys are probably going on break soon. So get it before you go home for the next few weeks. Or, you know, just make a point to come there afterward. Either way, it will be waiting for you. So head on over there, support our boy Ben. And without further ado... We will get into a little bit of Brock Purdy Mania, Mr. Relevant, right? The first rookie QB to ever beat Tom Brady and the first QB to make his first starting snap to beat Tom Brady. So a couple different accolades right there against the quote unquote GOAT. What are your thoughts, Newt?
1: Yeah, Mr. Mr. Purdy showed up this weekend. It was pretty awesome to see. I feel like it was one of those uh one of those times that it's just it's very fun to be on twitter because everyone no matter like nfl is always king you know especially on sundays so then everyone who's anyone like related to the nfl is talking about brock purdy and that's pretty cool because that's something that's just like iowa state fans that we always do did on saturdays for about four years and then like every once in a while you get a little national media attention but now you're seeing like everyone talk about brock Purdy's basically been the story of the nfl this weekend and that doesn't happen to iowa state uh football um very often if ever so um and yeah it was just an awesome performance obviously doing it against tom brady is pretty crazy too you know showing up and kind of kicking the shit out of the the
0: the goat is uh mm-hmm.
1: a pretty good way to start uh your first career game so
0: Yeah, no, just just a pretty good way to start it. Now, to be fair, I think, um, you know, you see quite the difference in the rosters as well as the coaching between the 49ers and the Buccaneers. So uh, I just have to get that out of the way before I become insufferable, because that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. So as a Peyton Manning supporter, as a Brock Purdy supporter, there could not have been a better Sunday for me lined up right there. It was beautiful. It was everything I imagined and everything I hoped it would be. And you know what? I think we're seeing, again, I'm not trying to overreact here, but I, I think we're seeing, um, you know, the new GOAT step in town. You know, Tom Brady came out of nowhere with six-round six, six round draft pick. He ended up becoming the quote-unquote GOAT. Who's to say Brock Purdy won't, man? That's all I have to say. Who's to say it won't?
1: Yeah, you know, um. That's a big that's just a, a big a big comp to be making. We just want Brock's going to need to keep taking it just one game into, at a time. One game just, at a time. Just lean into the insufferability and just do no, it. No, I, I cannot. This I cannot. is Okay. You're Iowa State fans, dude. Come on, man. You have to remember where your where are your roots at. Remember where your roots lie, okay?
0: But I think that's the exact reason why he is just at this perfect point for me to be this way because yeah, he came yeah, to Iowa know, state. Brees Hall is
1: going to win rookie of the year this year. And then that doesn't happen. It's just, it's Iowa state things happen to Iowa state. Okay. It's, it's wild Well, guess Iowa what state.
0: Brock Purdy still is like, has not interacted with us. I, I would say, you know, we kind of spam a lot of the Iowa State athletes that we love on social media just because we want to get their attention. And for the most part, we, we, you know, we kind of get the response that we are maybe fishing for. Um, Brock Purdy is held true. He has had nothing to do with us. He does not answer a single DM of ours. He does not like a single post of ours. He is just him because he will not associate himself with us. Because as we're realizing, um, there's a little bit of a plague. On outside the lines, do you do you want to talk a little bit about about the outside the lines curse?
1: I mean, I don't really want to get into it because then that means we're gonna like veer off of Brock right now. Are you done talking about Brock already? No, we're not done talking about that. That transitions us to another topic, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic to see, and obviously, Brock's got a great support system. The defense is really good. He's got a lot of offensive weapons around him, and I think it's a a very helpful, you know, like organization coach to be around and i think that's the best part about it is it's not going to be maybe asking him to do too much which is what i think is ideal for him and and just about any rookie quarterback you know to get their feet wet in the nfl but you know it's all it's also great i think my favorite things i've been seeing with brock is there's so many like veterans and t- players on the team that are having quotes talking about how he has like moxie and poise and this like confidence to his game since like he's been on the team and, and like, and it's been a wide variety of people, you know, it's like even George Kittle handshake with Iowa people, you know, like rooting for the San Francisco 49ers um, to do well kind of thing, because like Kittle was t- calling him, you know, big cock Brock and stuff like that. But like, you know, was saying like, Hey, you know, he's not afraid of the spotlight, you know, any other undrafted or sorry, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft, quarterback, who hasn't played before, um, might, might uh, you know, not want the spotlight, but based on what a lot of the veterans in the locker room have said the entire year, they've said that Brock has done a great job of, you know, being prepared, having this confidence, even when playing against, you know, first team defense, because he's been running scout team and things like that this year, too, and stuff. Um, And I think he's got a, a really good amount of respect in that locker room, too, which is, you know, like you see quarterbacks who don't have it like Zach Wilson and shit that then, you know, shit hits the fan and it gets bad. And I think I think that helps prop too. I mean, it, it, it's true, though, <laughs> like you get bench middle of the year, even though your team won. Like He was like four and one or four and two as a starter, but it was like he was playing bad and his teammates didn't like him and they were being carried by the defense. And then he kind of threw the rest of the team under the bus and didn't take accountability for their like offense being bad. And it's like, yeah, we got to get this guy out of here because this is not good. His ego is more important. You know, I think it's a thing that Kyler Murray runs into too. So.
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I'm actually glad you brought up Zach Wilson because what this kind of reminds me of was when they benched Zach the entire team like overwhelmingly wrapped their arms around Mike white. It was kind of their way of saying we like Mike white more without directly coming out and saying it. At least that's how I interpreted it. And again, I'm getting a huge head and I'm probably getting way ahead of myself and I don't care. I'm going to be the guy that just gets ahead of himself because I would love to be, I would love to look back on these takes and think, Oh wow. I was actually right about everything and, you know, feel like a God And it's okay if I look back and this be like, okay, I got carried away in the moment, but I'm just going to get carried away right now. I have not seen the starters or really anyone on the team hype up a quarterback this year like they have with Brock Purdy. It was a little weird when Trey Lance went down and Garoppolo came in and the team like really wrapped their arms around Jimmy. And you never really saw them vouch for Trey Lance the way they did for Jimmy. And then Jimmy went down. And I think they even took that to a heightened level with Brock. And it's probably a little bit of the everyone loves a backup syndrome. So that's probably part of it. But what I learned, and again, I'm on my high horse today. Like I knew I was going to be insufferable going into today. I really do think that Shanahan's play calling told a little bit of the story and told a little bit what he thinks of the quarterback room. I have not seen him take those chances, be as aggressive and take the risks like he did with Purdy. Going into the second half, they're up 21-7. Maybe it was 21-0 at that point. I can't remember. But they're already leading pretty handedly going into the second half. And there was, I don't know, like a minute 30 left before halftime. And instead of like just playing for a field goal in that situation, getting yourself up three possessions, which most quarterbacks would be more than happy with being up three possessions against Tom Brady, uh, he's like, no, we're going for a touchdown here. Brock Purdy slung it to, I think, what was that? That was Brandon Ayuk in the end zone with 18 seconds left before half. And to me, that showed me Kyle is very comfortable with taking these risks with Brock. And to me, I think he showed a little bit more of that than when he has with Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but that's just what I see. And, I, and I've seen the 49ers play a decent amount this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously like it was good to see Brock in a non Tom Manning offense too. You know, I oh, think, yeah. I think that was a, a fantastic thing to watch. See him, you know, like roll out, make plays with his feet, make some movements. We, you know, the, and there were certain Purdy escapes and stuff like that, that was just like, yeah, this guy, you know, like long you know, it's like Brock doesn't have like the craziest arm talent and stuff. That's not what you're getting with Brock Purdy, but he, he can really, um, you know, kind of, you know, innovate and, and move with his feet and, and kind of surprise you with a lot of that kind of stuff. And and I think that's something that's really exciting. And if he has that freedom, you know, which it seems like the 49ers, I mean, the 49ers kind of have to be at this point. They're like, <laughs> we have no other options at quarterback. You are going to be our quarterback besides anyone we can sign off the street at this point. So it's kind of like you have to almost give him this freedom a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see that, but it's also like we said, there's a lot of veterans really, you know, showing their support for Brock too and saying like, Hey, you know, like this team, like this team is still really good, even with, you know, our quarterback situation being what it is. And and that helps a, a quarterback like Brock. I think it also helps. He has a bunch of weapons, you know, he's got great coaching, stuff like that, that should allow for some, you know, success, hopefully to continue the rest of this season and, and hopefully into the playoffs. So I'm um, terribly excited. It, it's definitely, like, this year's been a rough football year in general. This is probably the best football storyline for a lot of Iowa State fans and then, like, non-Minnesota Viking fans, um, which most of our listeners are probably fans of some sort of cool. NFC North team. Uh, and they're – well, I feel like the Lions, too. But I honestly didn't meet a lot of Lions fans when I lived in Iowa because they yeah. just – but nah. they're fun to watch too. But, anyways, this is like the best by far Iowa State storyline for football. You know, besides Brees Hall going off for the first couple of weeks and showing that he's the best running back in the NFL, which is still true. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, now we have Brock that could potentially be making a, a, a playoff push with a, a roster that's pretty solid. Uh, you know, hopefully Debo Samuel's good, but it's going to be really exciting to see, um, you know, what he can do and, and, hopefully he'll continue to develop and and adapt, you know, it's also the first start thing like the, you know, on the negative side, it's like a lot of teams don't have NFL film on him yet. And that, that always changes a lot of things. Once, once they start to get snaps and film and they can game yep. plan for him a little bit better, that, that definitely changes things. But for right now it was about the best first start you could have asked for from Brock. And, and that's pretty exciting to watch As you know, people got to watch him since his first start in college, you know, yeah, this is, this is like a guy that we have like all watched a shit ton of, you know. Like, it's like it is mm-hmm. literally like we watched him when he was Brock Purdy, Iowa State student, like 18 years old. You know, I can remember tweeting about like this Brock Purdy commitment, sick because like Alabama's interested in this kid. He might be pretty good, you know. Like, that was that was like his, um, uh, you know, whatever, like tag coming in it was like Alabama this and Nick Saban thing. were, yeah, yeah, we're interested in him late in the recruiting process. And it's like, Oh shit. So this guy, like Campbell might be doing something here. And then,
0: you know, he becomes Brock big or big cock Brock. Um, so with him talking about Alabama, I, I think a lot of the media, that was kind of when they started to buy, excuse me. That was when they started to buy into Brock. Um They had no idea Alabama was really looking at him until, you know, he started to basically just come out of the word work with the 49ers But what I didn't know is his visit with Saban did not go very well. Did you see this? I saw saw,
1: uh, the tweet.
0: Yeah. So essentially, um, you know, Saban didn't arrive when they initially were uh, recruiting Brock. So the first time they met was when Purdy went on campus and then he met, met Nick Saban. So Saban actually sent um, his assistant coach to meet with Purdy when they were supposed to meet the first time. So that was already a little bit of a sour taste. Um, but when Brock did initially meet with him, uh, he just kind of claimed that Saban didn't really know his play style. Saban told him. You're below average in height. Your arm strength is whatever. Your accuracy is average. And kind of right when he mentioned his accuracy, Brock's like, all right, I don't think this guy has seen me play because my accuracy is one thing I feel pretty damn good about. And I mean, if you look at his numbers, he always was on the top of the ranks of all of college football quarterbacks as one of the more accurate passers. And maybe it's not necessarily that he can thread the needle on every single throw, but it's also about decision-making, you know, accuracy is an accumulation of yes. Can you put the ball where you want it to go, but also are you making the right decision on who to throw it to? So I think maybe Saban was focused a little bit more on like the ball placement. That's maybe what he meant on accuracy. But I I just think that, you know, Purdy coming back from that, he was like, well, I don't really want to go there. He said, I, I, I want to try and kick his ass. That's what Purdy said. And though they never played each other in college football. You know, this isn't his first time dealing with a quote unquote goat. So dealing with Tom Brady, I think, you know, a lot of what I personally see in Jimmy Garoppolo is man, he's been blessed with, this incredible coach in Shanahan who's going to put him in positions to win in a roster that is just so deep and talented. And I think the knock against the 49ers was, is Trey Lance ever going to figure his shit out? And is Garoppolo ever going to lose you those games? So when you're playing Tom Brady, what we see in so many of these games is Tom Brady is able to come back because the opposing quarterback will maybe throw a pick, or maybe the defense will force uh, a fumble, that's kind of how you see these Tom Brady comebacks, you know, come to fruition. So when they pulled up 28 to zero or seven at half, all I was thinking is this game is one. He's just, he just got to not screw it up. Didn't throw a single pick. Looked very good. Took control of the ball. And that is something that I think Purdy has always done well. Whenever he has been more turnover prone, it's because he's had to throw on a cape and be a hero, which is so much easier to, Throw a pick in that situation than when you're just controlling the game. So he proved yesterday that I can beat Tom Brady because I can be just as good of a game manager as a lot of these guys when I'm given the tools to actually be successful. And with Tom Manning, your point and, earlier, and he obviously Tom Manning, hit a Manning lot isn't of Tom making
1: Manning's play woes. calls.
0: Yeah. So. It, he, he literally hid so many of Tom Manning's woes because that first read was never there. So he had to use his legs, improvise, and then make a miracle play, which he I had mean, to do on so many. Occasions,
1: so many of these players. Did. That's the thing is, is, like, it's not even like whatever you know. It's like we had Charlie our two time first team oh, yeah. AP All American, we have Brees Hall, two time first team AP All American, Xavier Hutchison, who just got first team AP All American today. There you go. You know, like, <laughs> there's been a plethora of talent that's honestly was kind of handicapped by um
0: just really good talent.
1: Well, no, the talent wasn't handicapped by its talent. The talent was handicapped by some of the offensive coaching. But thank you for trying to finish that. I appreciate that.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's a good day to be a Cyclone fan. Um, Moving on from Purdy, Tom Manning is officially out as offensive coordinator. Nate Schielhaus, who is uh, the running backs coach, stepped in as interim OC for like three days and then was quickly promoted to the official offensive coordinator. So I like it. I like uh shield house. I've only heard really good things. And he's clearly done a lot of really good in our running back room. Um, now I, I don't exactly know how he's going to be as a play caller. So I don't really have much of an opinion there. My only thing that I was happy about was so many people were wanting us to get the James Madison offensive coordinator, just because they had a top 10 offense with like the 125th ranked offensive line. So you think, Oh, this guy can actually perform well when his offensive line doesn't do well. And it sounded like a match made for Iowa state, but I personally wasn't for it just because I think you need to develop the offensive line and you shouldn't try and work around that. So I don't know if anything is going to change from our offensive line with this.
1: Myers got fired too.
0: Jeff Myers did get fired. Yeah. And I think that might've been a reflection, a little bit of our line play as well. It just felt like we were so slow off the line of scrimmage, especially from the offensive line Um, and I'm not trying to act like I know everything from an offensive line. I just feel like from what I saw, that's kind of how it looked so I can get it. But um, I also didn't have enough insight on Jeff to really have an opinion. I mean, what do you think about that? I know what you think about Tom Manning, but what do you think about Jeff?
1: I mean, we've just seen, I think a lot of this as like this line just hasn't, Improved, you know, like you know, it's like there's better talent coming in. You know, I I think that's the biggest thing, too. That, like, you know, we've been saying this with Matt Campbell is that we're, you know, we were like we were saying, we were never trying to call for Matt Campbell's head or anything like that. But what we're calling for is that the expectations have changed a little bit because of what Matt Campbell's been able to accomplish, and because of that, things need to change so that the expectations they don't get stagnant or they don't get left behind or there isn't this like taking advantage of great coaching and and this program growth and and getting better kids in and, and, you know, actually having a shot at good recruits, you know, things like that, you know, like doing a good job of getting in-state talent, you know, it's like we've always kind of been second to Iowa on, on most great talent here, you know, unless they have a direct absolute tie to Iowa State somehow, you know, like that's how we got Alan Lazar. His brother was like, a walk-on you know or whatever like he's he was on the team you know like that kind of stuff's a big factor but like other than that a lot of the best talent here goes to iowa and like iowa has you know they get that recognition they get people to the the nfl and stuff and like deservedly so if you're a great talent like i i understand it iowa state's not going to maybe take you to the next level and that's what we're saying here is that it was showing that Myers probably wasn't doing a good job of getting these offensive linemen in and improving them and getting them better. You know, we've seen the the line kind mm-hmm. of like got to whatever point, but like I think Myers going and the strength and conditioning person going too. You know, strength and conditioning is a huge one that gets slept on a lot, but these guys are so important to to certain programs and coaching staffs that it's like if you're not allowing your guys to stay healthy or you're not doing the proper programs and regiments during the season and the off season to get guys ready for the the season and, and everything that it takes on the toll on the body and everything like that, like, that's hard. You know, it's like, yeah, like you see certain team, like the chargers every single year, it's like they're hurt. It's like maybe you want to look at your strength and conditioning person on staff. Here, yeah. You know, It's, it's like, cause it, it does come down to it, It's like, okay, are you hurt or are you like not training properly? Are you not doing certain mm-hmm. things like like stretching or certain types of like workouts or like are you pushing them too hard at one point? You know, it's like there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of science with it. It's a lot of listening to people's bodies, figuring them out, all this kind of stuff that I just think that these kind of changes maybe had to be made like, like we've been saying for this program to potentially take the next step. You know, like we don't know how Shield House is going to be as an offensive coordinator, but we knew we had enough, uh, information on how Tom Manning was that we knew that we needed a change. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener, you know, like you could say whatever. Sometimes mm-hmm. the replacement's not going to do enough or whatever. But at the same time, if you're afraid to do the replacement, then you're going to be whatever. You're going to be screwed. It's it's you're going to then be this Matt Campbell who's just stuck in the middle low tier of the big 12 because you're sticking to loyalty a little bit more than trying to like actually find people who can help take you to that next step. So,
0: yeah, thousand percent. I'm glad you kind of mentioned the um, I don't like to blame injuries on anyone because usually injuries are kind of a freak thing. But like you mentioned with the Chargers, if it's a pattern of happening over and over again, you're not going to win late in the year. And that's all that matters. Uh, I think, you know, the Patriots can be commended on having a pretty solid strength and conditioning program because they always felt healthy toward the end of their years which enabled them to have that competitive advantage over teams that maybe had a fully stacked roster, but weren't healthy. So I, I think, um, you know, we, we were battling injuries in a lot of different positions this year. So kind of frustrating. I don't know if that's on Jeff or not, but we looked weak at the end of the day. We just looked like we were a team that could kind of get manhandled, especially at the line of scrimmage. You can't have that. So maybe it was needed. Um, and you know, I, I really appreciate how you're handling this whole Tom Manning situation because, you know, we're trying to keep celebrations to a humble decibel level, despite the fact that everyone is probably very pumped about that. Right. <laughs> so credit to you. You you didn't um you didn't rub salt in the wound. I'm proud of you, man. I, I mean,
1: you know, like it's just. It would have been frustrating if it didn't, you know, like I, I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. And like we like I said too, is it it doesn't promise that the offense is gonna be better. Like that's the other thing with it, is that there yeah. are no guarantees that there's gonna be whatever improved offense, but it's implementing change in hope of improvement. And and that's that's all you can kind of ask for because everyone's kind of seen it. You know, we've watched this team kind of fumble a lot of talent at least last year to some poor games offensively and we've also just seen that there's been a very very good coordinator on the other side who's been doing a hell of a job and john Heacock, that has has yeah. dealt with talent coming in and out there's been a fluctuation he's had people leave he's he lost like his entire linebacking unit this last last mm-hmm. year and and then still put out a top 10 defense this year you know we were worried about and lost a
0: really good safety as in Naishim
1: young as well yeah yeah a lot of, the secondary was a little bit question you know a lot of parts to it that it was like hey you know we don't know if this is going to be a team you know and and last year the year before it was like we were thinking that we were going to be more offensive oriented or be able to rely on an offense that had a lot of these you know they had the brock Purdy, they had Brees hall they had savior Hutchinson, they had charlie colar um chase out like a, a pretty decent line that was returning starts just a lot of stuff and it was disappointing and it's just like that can't continue on because at some point there just has to be a change because it's just not working you know it's been figured out you know and it's i'm i hope it's, it helps tom manning you know like sometimes like that can light a fire under another person being like hey I need to rethink how I was doing things or, or whatever, or, you know, reevaluate my process here as well. So like, you always want to hope for the best, you know, that's, that's what we do. I always say it's, it's one thing that I really like about our fans and, and stuff. And like, yeah, we can be a little out of control of being, showing our frustration with stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like these people were cyclones. They were part of it. And like, we hope that they do well in, in other elements, you know, it's like, it's no different than when Paul Rhodes was fired. It was like, I was rooting for it because it was like this program needs something else. Like as an, I, as someone who cares about Iowa state and the cyclones and the future of this program ton, we need something new. Cause this isn't working. That doesn't mean I hate mm-hmm. Paul Rhodes as a human being. It does not mean that I no. am rooting against this person as a human being. It's just like, Hey, this isn't working. You know, it's like, it's like any other relationship or whatever you want to get into. It's just like, this is not working, but I still hope that you do well. And I hope that like, you know, like I said, maybe this is something that, you know, it's a little eye-opening for Tom Bain of like, Hey, I have to maybe adapt or change or, or find a different opportunity that, that fits better for me. And everyone else who that's a part of it, you know, it's like, you never want to celebrate people losing a job, you know, like, no. So yeah, it, it is a delicate line to balance. Like we're excited because there's change and it might allow Iowa state program to take another step forward, which is just, we feel like they haven't for a little bit. That, I think that's been kind of the the hardest part is like, We had a couple of really good years with, I think a point where we'd say we were probably at a talent, like, you know, imbalance compared to other schools. And we still were out coaching them, winning, putting together, you know, eight, nine win seasons and stuff. And now it's like, Hey, we're getting better talent. We're not, we're not at the bottom of the big 12 in recruiting rankings every year. You know, like that was always a given. It was like us in Kansas, who's going to have the worst recruiting rankings this year by far, you know, K-State too. But then, you know, now we're, we're whatever, we're right in the middle of it. It's still not great, but that's crazy for us. You know, it's like, it's like that perspective Mm -hmm. too. So, so with that, it's like you hope that with the good coaching and better influx of talent, that then the on-field results will be better. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we don't ever try and act like we like to joke about the fact that we're God and that we know all, but we, are very candid with the fact that we're not, we just like to kind of pre like provide an honest take from a fan's perspective. So we're not going to be here and like BS you on what we think is good or bad. Like we didn't think that Tom Manning situation was, you know, helping us out much. So we clearly were speaking our mind on it. Um, but obviously when it comes down to the point of someone losing a job over it's, it's never a good feeling by any means. And um, it's, it's always like one of those tough pills to swallow, but you know, to be candid from a, pan, a fan, perspective, it was a change that we felt was kind of needed. So, um, yeah, obviously best of luck to him moving forward. I, I hope he does bounce back, but I, I hope that this is hopefully the change in the right direction. I mean, you know, Bard is not firing Brian Ferentz. So it, it shows a willingness to embrace change and a willingness to grow and develop that I think is easier said than done. Um, I mean, we're also not dealing with much nepotism here. So Iowa situation may be a little bit different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that we do have to give Matt Campbell some credit because a lot of these guys have been on his staff since he put together his staff at Toledo and they came with him.
0: And dude, Tom Manning or he was literally an usher at Tom Manning's wedding. So that's a really tough relationship. Dude, to break Yeah. Imagine being
1: an usher at someone's wedding. That's pretty that's pretty <laughs> crazy. <dude.
0: laughs> uh, who? I guess neither of us can fire each other cause we're just kind of on the same plane. So I'll just yeah. change all the passwords or something. <laughs> Not if I do it first. That's true. That's true. Um, Before we transition, I, to I, pass- know, I, know. Well,
1: I want to finish my point. Cause you said that. All right. that. But yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think, you know, this is kind of the first time that, that Tom Manning had to maybe look in the mirror and make a tough decision with some of his coaching staff. It wasn't guys leaving for better opportunities or wanting a bigger role. And it wasn't able to like, work out this was like hey we've hit a pretty big rough patch and things need to be changed moving forward and he had to get rid of some people that have been with him for a while and we were we were a little worried about that you know like Campbell is kind of a loyalty guy it seems like you know he's been with these guys for a while he believes in people a lot you know like he gives people opportunities which are great qualities but it was really nice to see that that wasn't preventing him from making what I think a lot of Iowa state, even media and anyone who's been watching this year say like, Hey, these are some changes that need to be made because this program and these certain parts of the team are meeting expectations.
0: So. Yeah, no, fair enough. It it was a tough decision to make, but one that we deemed necessary. And obviously they agreed with. Um, Now before we totally transition away from football, just some transfer portal updates uh, Tristan Mashad and Sean Shaw, wide receivers, both uh, hit the transfer portal. Sean was a little bit more of a surprise, but I, I just don't think he ever um, got more playing time than when he initially got a couple years ago. So I get that. Um, Nate Glance, I think he was our third or fourth string QB, was a transfer from Iowa Western, uh, is now transferring as well. So kind of makes sense there. you know, you have Rocco Beck behind Deckers and you know, who who knows what's to come from there. And then on the transferring in sort of news, we have Arlen Harris from Stanford. Really good running back from Stanford. Probably one of the only um, things that Stanford kind of did well. Anyway, he's coming to Iowa State. So going to provide way more depth to our running back room with uh, Jirel Brock, um, Cartavius Norton, and Eli Sanders. So some fun updates there. And then just something to keep your eye out for. Um, do I want to say this yet? Yeah. You know, DJ Ungalele from Clemson hit the transfer portal, which made sense because he got benched toward the end of the year. I just think that that dude has so much potential. I He's probably not as good as I thought he was coming out of high school, but he won the starting job over Real Mitchell at um, St. John Bosco as like a guy who is two grades younger than him. He's just so big. He has so much talent. I don't know. It could be interesting. I don't think it'll happen, but I Bye. just want to say it. Okay. Bad. bad, bad, You think, dude, he's
1: been at Clemson and it's not like they have, you know, that Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's not like they haven't been able to develop quarterback talent there. Debo Sweeney, good coach, things like that. A ton of great talent surrounding them playing the shitty ass ACC and he can't put up numbers.
0: Uh, I'll well, p- he, he I could just... sometimes, though.
1: That's the bad. thing. Like,
0: like he, he showed some games where he would just go off, but he just never was consistent enough at it. Truth be told, I think that's fair. I don't know if you're coming to Iowa State and you're going to have more quarterback development here than the Clemson, so you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll just say I, I think I'd rather have him than Cade McNamara. I You know what? I, I don't need to go there, so I won't. I don't fair. really
1: want a, a transfer quarterback. Uh, I, I'd honestly no, I rather...
0: Either.
1: I'd rather... Spencer no. Sanders
0: also hit the transfer portal.
1: That was interesting.
0: i like, liked. Yeah, him.
1: that one would be funny. Actually, I'll take that one.
0: <laughs> that one would be interesting, especially because um, he was the entire reason we lost to them this
1: year. I know. Uh, that one, I, I'm down for Spencer Sanders. Actually, I'll, I'll, i happily, um, I'll happily go for that because that would just be funny to to be a cool and State with him. So it would be. I would honestly, whatever, like, I'm just going to say this too. I'd be fine if, if, if JJ Cole has a a great spring to start him as a true freshman and see what happens next year too.
0: just watch his development. I don't hate that either. I mean, there, there's still just like Deckers is just so hard to evaluate because he really had nothing to work with, with offensive play calling. The offensive line just wasn't really giving him time, but there are also times he made his own mistakes. I personally would like to see one more year of Deckers, Um, but I don't know if it's, if it's going to be a full year, I I think, you know, you have to give a really hard, strong evaluation in the off season, uh, you know, given the keys to the car for the first three to five starts out of the year. And if there just doesn't seem to be any progression from where, from this year to next year, then maybe it's time to look into that. I mean, it's just obviously a situation that you hope doesn't come to fruition, but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, it was tough. The offense was tough last year. So. It, it yeah. was, I don't, I
1: don't really think a lot of people have um, a guaranteed uh, starting job next year for the most part on the offensive end, besides maybe Jalen Noel, that's, that's probably about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: I mean, dude, Jirel Brock to me, I just think he's so damn good. He's I just, just feel got to so stay him. healthy,
1: you know, like,
0: yeah, he was just battling in and out of it all year and just couldn't stay healthy. But I mean, that first game he played, I know we were playing a team that I don't even know their name. But you can just see he broke like 10 tackles in one play. I don't care how bad the opponent is. You have got to be a stud to do that. So I, I just I think he's so damn good. I just hope he stays healthy. Um now do do we move on to the topic that we're not gonna talk about for very long, but that we've been dreading to move over to.
1: Did we do we want to do that? We'll we'll bridge it with the cursing that we talked about. So yeah, okay. We here at outside the lines have now determined that we are a jinx podcast or a curse podcast because anytime we have a current athlete on, they seem to not always perform injured. the best afterwards. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had Jairal on before the season started, and then he has an entire injury-plagued season. Yeah. Uh, we had Shown on, and then he proceeds to pick up. Four fouls in like eight minutes of gameplay, so I think we just have to be done trying to get. We have to wait for everyone to leave Iowa State and be done with their playing career. They have to be an inactive athlete now. I I think that's like what it's come down to. Or coaches, we just have mouse on every time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, coaches. Um, Maybe, maybe. And and now people don't know this, but we've been talking with. Well, ah, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um. Yeah, there's another, there's a couple other examples out there that we're probably not allowed to say out loud, but yeah, you know, people have accused us this like, Hey, stop shit talking before games, you're jinxing us. And honestly, I was really honored that people thought we had that type of power. Um, but now I'm starting to believe it. Like I, yeah, yeah, no, we're a jinx podcast. Um, so to talk to CyHawk game, all I have to say is imagine losing to your in-state rival by 20 points. Could it be us? Couldn't be us. <laughs>
1: lost 19
0: last year iowa you know, we know we beat them by 20 it was a brutal game dude the worst part was it was kind of like the tcu football game where the game was kind of over in the first five minutes so the loss was pretty palatable it wasn't a heartbreaker but you usually want to be excited and feel engaged throughout the entire game and iowa was also not missing a single shot that philip dude i he's not even supposed Felipe. to be a three-point specialist I think it's Felipe. Is yeah, no, no. I he, hit, he shot
1: six threes the entire year last year and made one of them? I think they said, and then that was his first three point attempt of the year. And then he like drained it. And, and once that happened, it was just like, I mean, it was it was a combo. It was like, I think he went 9 11 from field goal.
0: Like, oh, it was, yeah, it was I mean, they
1: they shot what we we didn't make a three in the first half. I know that for a fact. Iowa yeah. made seven, I believe. Um, was it was right. also just one of those games that. We never got back in it, and it was weird. It was – I don't know. Everyone was saying, like, this is basically the worst we're going to see Iowa State play, and it might be the best that Iowa will play the entire year. And, hey, you know what? Let's give major props to Iowa for showing up for their Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. You know, like, we should really give some claps for Iowa. They showed up for their Super Bowl. We know how much it means for them to get a win against Iowa State. They haven't had a win against the Cyclones. You know, football was – tough this year and then they got the shit kicked out of them last year in basketball so we're glad that they showed up for their super bowl and and you know mm-hmm. you always gotta it's it's the it's the year of giving you know it's we're around the holidays and we're gonna give them a little gift of feeling good about themselves so that you know they can still be whatever little brother on twitter i i don't know um annoying as shit regardless but they they show up for the super bowl so i'm proud of them i'm i'm, I'm very proud that they show for a Super Bowl. They played the best game, and you know what? They're still. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think they're gonna make a Sweet 16. So this year, I'm just. I'm just gonna. I would like to be the first one on the record. Mm-hmm. I just. I. I don't. I don't see it in the cards. I think that streak's gonna continue. I don't bold, think man. I was gonna make it to a Sweet 16. This Iowa State team, I still think can make it to a Sweet
0: 16. So um, we we beat McNeese state by 37 points yesterday. Is there a possibility that we were overlooking Iowa and, you know, preparing in advance for McNeese state, which I don't know, kind of looks like that happened, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it had that could be, I I know McNeese, I mean, McNeese just beat you and I, so we were probably, you know, like, Hey, something might be going on here. I um, Jazz yeah. 21 I mean, <laughs>
0: points. Most important player on the team. To be, to be very CEO? brutally honest,
1: that game sucked, but it's one of those where it's I think it's such an anomaly that you can't really focus on it too much. That it was no. just like, it was the perfect culmination of one team coming out really strong, being on fire for literally the entire game. Like, they were just shooting out of their assholes. Like, like insane, we man. would get put together a couple of offensive possessions. And then I will would do another like backbreaking three on us. Like even at the start of the second half, it was like, okay, let's try and chip away at this. We're down like 20 points at half. If we can just chip away at this slowly over time, let's do it. And we finally hit like our first three. And then literally the next possession, I will put up some like bullshit. Th- I think it was Connor McCaffrey put up some long ass range bullshit three After we had a good defensive possession, it was like just putting it up at the end of it. And it went in and I was just like, yeah, this is, we're just not going to, it's not going to happen tonight. You know, like it was just one of those of just like.
0: We should have honestly just like bet on McCaffrey to go off that game because he was coming into that game with some vengeance from Brockington, giving him the Jordan shrug last year. I mean, that was the most humiliating Cy Hawk move I've ever seen. That was It was brutal. You know,
1: I (laughs) think that's another factor with it too, is that like, I always get worried about, especially rivalry games and stuff. I mean, we've talked about like, even with like, you know, we talked about with like K-State and stuff like that. When you kind of kick the shit out of a team the prior year, they normally come back a lot because a lot of the players remember that shit. And like that game fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. And we got our ass kicked. And I would like to kick this team's ass. It's, It's those calendar games. That they kind of put a little, they ignite a little fire under your ass. And honestly, we kicked the shit out of them last year. So I was kind of worried coming in. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I thought it was going to be competitive game that like we were going to show up for. And if you're like, Iowa beats us, I would be like, that's not too terribly surprising to me because like of all the factors that went into it but I did expect a little bit more fight than than what happened this year. And that, that was, that was rough, but it was also like watching the game and circumstance of the game that I was just like, yep, just, you got to move on to the next game. It is what it is. It's out of conference. It's tough because we're obviously not ranked anymore, which, which is whatever, but we're on to big 12 play. And that's, what's going to matter moving forward now. And, and like we said, maybe it gives this team, you know, a little bit well, of a, 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 like a, Hey, there's still a lot of work to be done kind of thing,
0: you know? Sure. Yeah. May, maybe that's the, the, exactly what we need right now, I guess. Um, So it's funny. You said we're on a big 12 play, you know, we play we Western are Michigan. And then we play Omaha. um, But in classic outside the lions fashion, we're moving on to the big 12. The, the team is focused on Western Michigan, but um, no, yeah. I mean, Baylor, December 31st, let's go.
1: Right. I mean, like, let's just be real. That's, that's the next like basketball game that really matters. All of them are going to be behind an ESPN plus paywall at this point. And oh, like, gosh. and the students aren't going to be there. So it's always sure. shitty. Game. I mean, the students are going to be there for fucking Baylor. I was going to say is, sucks is Baylor, they're all- Baylor or Oklahoma or TCU. There's that many games that the students are going to be going for?
0: No way. He's January 7th. Maybe they're back in town for that, but I think Texas Tech, they for sure will be. Um, You know, uh, I will not make a comment on a certain guy transferring from playing, you know, with Coach Otts to playing for a head coach who is arrested (laughs) and charged with assault on a family member early this morning. I won't say that. So I just want everyone to give me a quick, you know, applause. Thanks for being the
1: bigger person.
0: I've been the bigger person today. I won't make a comment on that. No. Will you make a comment on it, though?
1: You know, I won't make a comment on it because there's still things coming out. But, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, you know, things are are different in Texas, I guess. Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This was, um, might be in the transfer yeah. portal again, you know, my, my trying, might trying, I, I've heard other schools have a lot of money to offer to, to certain top recruits that, you know, you could get another paycheck. So,
0: oh man, that would just suck though. It'd be like, all right, new beginning that I'm going to look so good. Ranked number seven in the country. I mean, Texas honestly has been looking pretty good this year. And then that, and then that right before big 12 play, like right when, shit usually starts to matter. And so, yeah, that's like the worst piece of news cuz again, the it looks like there is more coming out, but like it it didn't look good, so obviously that's not what we're happy about. We're not really happy about anything. It's just damn. Um really would have been nice if he want to have left odds, I guess. And I think he might be thinking of that a little bit too. You'd be lying. If you said that it hasn't at least came across his head, like oh damn, maybe I shouldn't have. No, okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into it because I'm the bigger man today. Never mind.
1: Let's just, yeah. I mean, we're gonna be the bigger people, you know. We Congrats are. Congrats to Iowa. We gotta give them their roses for winning their Super Bowl. I'm glad mm-hmm. that that's gonna be on their end of year highlight tape when they don't make the tournament and are like middle of the pack in the very weak Big Ten basketball conference. That's always top heavy, you know. Like they won their Super there Bowl though. Hey, they won their Super Bowl, so that's great. Um mm-hmm.
0: and Fran McCaffrey looked great. He, he had those facial expressions under control. He looked perfect on the sidelines. The refereeing exactly was,
1: was not shit at all. At one point, no. fouls were not nine to one. No. At all. Um Mm-mm. so yeah. I honestly I don't even want to bring that up because like we played so shitty that at no, that no point did I ever think, like, oh, this refereeing is gonna screw us from winning. But holy shit. I mean, some of the stuff was a little bit like ri- kind of a little ridiculous that that like, it, yeah, what anyways, whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're going to be the bigger people because that's how we always are on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're always very mature, big and people, professional, very professional. We don't swear. Um we never swear. Never swear.
0: Um, Our takes are always usually right. All correct. Usually. We um
1: we, we don't jinx players that come on here, so
0: anyone who don't. wants to come on here, please come on here. Um yeah. Usually when we talk shit, it's because we're going to win. That's a frequent pattern. Um, um I have a topic. I have a topic. Okay. Okay. There
1: is some beast, some TCU writer who I gotta I gotta find this fucking tweet because yesterday it was like the the, he was like trying to rain on the Brock Purdy parade. And he was like, he's like, as someone who's watched Brock Purdy over all the years, I can tell you that this is something I did not
0: expect at all. And then it was like TCU writer, all this kind of stuff. And then it was like, <laughs> well, he saw the classic then, interception he threw against TCU. Yeah. But
1: Brock Purdy <laughs> still went fucking undefeated against TCU and manhandled yeah. them like twice, including kicking the shit out of them last year in his last game. Uh, at home and then Despite this guy was the like bad interception and then the guy too. was trying to use like this year's result to prove it. he's like well i saw an iowa state team that lost to us by like 60 points it's like brock
0: Purdy wasn't on that team asshole like yeah oh, if anything I, that does more for his case if anything yeah yeah oh it was ridiculous i gotta
1: everyone was just like ripping him apart because it was the dumbest fucking take and i i wanted to like I wanted to engage, but I was like, it's one of those things where it's like when you stoop to a fool's level, you are also a fool, you
0: know? Yeah. It's
1: like, I'm not going to engage. Which we've never done that before. With a never. fool. No, no. We never we never post like, never. memes or anything like that or talk about- never. You know, getting blown out by 19 points against like your rival and probably the mm. most important out of conference game because like you just really fucking hate them and their fan base is intolerable and you would Never. really like to win that game. Um, but by saying like, hey, we're just really happy that they showed up for their Super Bowl and like glad that they were able to do that, you know, we
0: don't do things like that. So, <clears throat> no, um, I this is so. Before we move on from Brock Purdy, he did record the highest passer rating of all week 14 quarterbacks with 135. So that's it's pretty good. If you ask me, that's pretty good new. Um, So moving on to the world of sports, though, we got Michigan versus TCU, Georgia versus OSU. And you know what? I think they got it right. The only thing I think that could have been different is maybe giving USC the nod because they had one loss going into the final game of the season. The whole classic, no one should be penalized by playing an extra game. But at the same time, it is really hard to put in a two loss uh, team when there's a one loss team out there in Ohio State. So I personally like it. But if there's going to be a quip, maybe it's that. Otherwise, I think they hit the nail on the head. How do you think they're going to go, Newt? Michigan versus TCU. Georgia versus Ohio State, go.
1: Um. So that's the other thing that brought that um annoyed me too is that like I kind of don't want to root for TCU now because this guy was just. No, I'm like, still rooting for him. I am. I will because I'm so, <clears throat> an annoying. Because you're a bigger man. That's person. And I, yeah, you. I am the bigger man. Yes. But this person did piss me off about it, and I was like, Do I want to root for TCU still? I, yeah. I guess I will. I guess I will. But annoying, annoying. Um, I, I think that I, – I mean, we, we both said that we thought TCU needed to be in. Um, I, I think you have to get a lot of teams from different conferences. I was honestly kind of annoyed that Ohio State's in. Ohio State hasn't beat anyone, like, good this year. Their best, like, showing is – I think they beat – they did kick the shit out of Oregon, um, which – I mean, is Oregon even whatever
0: it feels to me, though, no, they didn't even play Oregon this year. It feels to me that at a given game, they could be the best team in the league. And again, I think that's more so a knock on just the fact that it doesn't really feel like there's a juggernaut this year. So that's not saying they are the best team. I just think that on a given Saturday, they could be anyone. That's not um, what this is, though. Like, like I think that's the at most the frustrating time, part because that's, once. like,
1: when Nick Saban was getting on, like, TV and being like, please put us in the thing because, like, we're technically yeah, the most great. talented team. It's, like, dude, uh, like, uh, that, you know, it's, like, uh, like, come on, man. Like, you had your chance. Like, you, you lost twice. You lost twice to
0: two two teams two rookie coach who faked a Southern accent. Like he lost to that guy. Yeah. You lost you to LSU
1: and you lost to Tennessee. Like, come on, man. Like, where's your pride at, dude? Just like have a little respect for yourself. Come on, man. Like,
0: and I think it's also a it's like, bit Oh, Vegas would favor teams, us. Too. It's
1: like, no one gives a shit, dude. You had your opportunity. You know, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like with Ohio state. It's like, you had your opportunities. You guys set up your conference this way. That's how it goes. You get bolstered every fucking year by these preseason rankings that if Iowa State had one loss and still had more ranked wins and all this kind of shit, every metric that it's better, they're never going to get taken over even like a two loss, whatever, because we're Iowa State and they're like, like, even the fact that they were trying to say like Alabama should maybe be in over like TCU and stuff. It was like, please go fuck yourself. Alabama (laughs) didn't win their conference. Alabama lost the two like biggest games that they had to play this year that if they win those games, they are in. But guess what? They didn't even win the most important games. Alabama's best win this year was Texas. TCU beat the shit out of Texas. Like, yeah, Iowa stayed in Texas. And, yeah. And Bama fucking only beat them because Quinn Ewers got hurt, too. Like they barely pulled off the win. It took a last second field goal. It's It wasn't even an impressive win. And they're like, Alabama should be in. It's like. TCU actually like beat them handily, like shut the fuck up. <laughs> like seriously. It, and it was ridiculous. It's the same thing. Like it's the same thing with Ohio state. They it's like the, all these conferences get propped up because when one of the higher seeds loses because they're inflated, it's like Texas A&M was ranked like fourth to start the year. And it's just like, okay, uh, everyone else in the SEC is being Texas A&M. So they take their ranking and they prop it up. And it's all these inflated rankings that get like, propped up. And it's like Ohio State has an inflated ranking because they haven't played anyone good. Their best win this year is beating Penn State. Cool. That's it. They and then they got the shit kicked out of them by Michigan. They shouldn't even be in this, to be honest. Like it sucks that USC lost because the Big 10 doesn't deserve two teams in this. The Big 10 knows that Michigan's the best team out of the Big 10. They're in it. Okay, the SEC, same thing. Georgia show that they deserve to be in it. They're in it. TCU deserve to show that they'd be in it because they were the fucking, they beat everyone in the regular season and then barely lost on whatever. And they're still the better team. They deserve to be in it too. And then like, it's just, it's, it's so annoyingly like kind of frustrating that like there's even the questions of like, putting these teams in because their name's Ohio state because their name's Alabama. And that's why, like, I cannot wait for the expanded playoffs. I cannot wait for it to not just be ESPN because ESPN is in bed with all these schools. There's a reason why the Alabama narrative was going the way it was. And it's because ESPN owns the sec network. ESPN gets all the ratings. They get all the money and they distribute it for these games. Like, that's how it goes. It's it's different than... And it makes no sense. The committee like has these illogical, vague-ass things to just be like, what can give ESPN the best ratings? What can get ESPN the most viewers? Because that's what it is. They control the entire narrative around it. I work in sports media. I work for their competitor. I work for Fox Sports. Like I work directly in this same bullshit. And it's no different because ESPN is just trying to drive the most viewership to it. And that's why... They're talking about Bama being in this and Ohio State and stuff like that because of those reasons, not because they're maybe the best team or maybe deserved it by like resume. They're trying to use these like talent discrepancies. Like, yeah, Bama is more talented, but they weren't coached well enough this year to fucking get in. So shut the fuck up. They don't deserve to be in. Thank you. I had no I idea. Ran. I was not expecting. Thing. But I was shit. saying I had
0: no idea the can of worms that I opened up by just saying I, I thought they got it right. Well, okay. So I thought the Big Ten, and this is where I don't know, like you, this is where I lean on you, Newt. So I'm gonna sound like an idiot here. I thought the Big Ten um is like ran by Fox. Or I thought like they their it's media split. relationship was Fox is split. Yeah. Okay. okay Fox so does
1: own part of the Big 10 network and has a lot of that viewership but also with the new deals coming up ESPN has had Big 10 games. Fox, Fox basically kind of like certain networks have like the premier packages of certain conferences or ties. Uh, basically how a lot of these go is like it's a draft where like you like I would I'm paying rights for this school. So it's like when the Big 10 was negotiating all their rights, I believe it's Fox I think CBS is even with them now and ESPN. were are like, Hey, we all yeah. want to spend some money and get certain draft rights to certain games, depending on how much you want to spend or whatever, or certain things that you want. So like Fox is normally the biggest, I think they're the biggest spender with the big 10. So for when draft rights come there, it's like basically, Hey, these are all the games that are going to happen this upcoming year. Draft them, you know, like what's your top pick. Okay, so, like, Fox maybe gets, because they spend the most money, they get the first three picks or something of it. And yeah. then ESPN spent the second most money, so they get the fourth pick. Like, things like that. Um, And, like, ESPN now has all the SEC stuff because CBS is leaving the SEC. Like, they didn't renew their rights then. And ESPN is going to basically be all SEC moving forward with that. So, so they're going to become even more insufferable. But the so reason why it football, matters is because Ohio State drives ratings irregardless. Ohio State's one of the highest, most watched teams year in and year out. Like that is why there was even this narrative of Ohio State should jump TCU and it should be Ohio State, Michigan two three because then they get a Michigan Ohio State game, which is the was the most watched college football game this last year when it happened you know, and it would be a most watched game again because it's in the CFP and then it's on ESPN. Like that's why this thing is so frustrating because ESPN is the only one who broadcasts this. They control all the rights and all they care about at the end of the day is viewership and making money for their sponsors and, and hitting certain numbers, which is why there's this talk of like TCU doesn't deserve to be in or you even get, you know, like some of these Pac-12 schools or whatever, you know, like okay. think you know, when they like trying to put Cincinnati in last year, it's like, well, Cincinnati, they might not even be impressive to get in there. It's like, who else are you going to put in? Like you can't put a two loss team that doesn't win their conference in, but because like they don't have a big enough name or brand or whatever, it can get overrided because they use this vague committee bullshit, which is why I'm so excited for it to go away because there will be like, Hey, conference champions get this. Hey, this is the outlarges and stuff like that. Like, And also this is going to be on different networks too. So it's not going to be one annoying Weasley network that has ties with the SEC and the big 10 only pushing for those two like schools mostly.
0: So why was it that ESPN ever had the committee for the college football playoffs? Like why it's college football. It's, it's all encompassing. So that quite, I mean, you have gone on, quite the rant explaining why it doesn't make sense and i agree but like how come that just seems so obvious to me it's like why don't they if they're going to have a committee of media members then why wouldn't they make it you know handful, it's from, not CBS, media handful from fox handful from ESPN. well yeah because espn broadcast those games but like you could even split it like hey cbs will take michigan versus tcu fox will take georgia versus osu then espn will take the national championship game I, i'm i'm spitballing here but that would be a way where you could have it a little bit less biased so that way if you're going to go the committee method you have equal representation whereas going with esp like how did they ever land the committee the committee is
1: is not um the committee is not anyone from the media it's people who are like athletic directors and ESPN just owns the rights to it. they they basically ponied up like all of these like big events like they get sold so ESPN ponied up when basically the BCS fell apart and they're like we're going to form the college football playoff when the NCAA, whatever we're going to do the CFP so the organizations of the CFP who are like yeah we've worked with these conferences and they're agreeing to, like, this is what's going to be, like, the new way to crown a national championship. Who wants to bid on it? And then ESPN, basically, since there's only going to be three games, I'm assuming because of that, it was just a one package. You bid for all three. I'm guessing there wasn't really any sort of, like, hey, maybe someone gets the semifinal, and then you get the national championship or whatever. You know, it's basically like, hey. Well, then take- how do
0: they have so much influence, though, if it's, like, voted on by athletic directors and everything?
1: Because still at the end of the day, they're pushing the narratives and driving this. And like, we also don't know exactly what the the members, you know, like exactly what the, you know, we don't have a, it's like you're writing a paper and the person is like not giving you a curriculum or rubric to go off of because they don't, they don't say it like they do say like, Well, sometimes we think a conference championship is important, but then we've seen people get in who don't play in their conference championships or who don't win their conference championships. It's just an
0: it's arbitrary, like like it's extremely arbitrary, which
1: is like why it's been very frustrating and why, like, you know, it's like if it that's like why, honestly, you've even seen people say like they should go back to the BCS computers because like at least you know, you knew what you were getting from these things. Like there was an expectation, you know, it's like even the first, and you year can actually CFP-
0: play to analyze how they will measure that. So that way you can play to like, if it's point differential, all right, we're not going to pull our starters. We're just going to clobber these teams. Like, yeah, there are certain ways that you can kind of at least try and win the college football playoffs before you're in it. Um, yeah.
1: And and for instance, Gary Bardo was on the committee for four years. That That's all you need to know. That's about, great. The Love selection that. committee. Best um, AD in the country. But like, you know, it even goes back to the first year that TCU was left out and it was, they kicked the shit out of Iowa state in the last game of the year. And they were ranked third heading into that by the CFP. And for some odd reason that wasn't good enough. And they dropped to fifth and got jumped by Ohio state because they're Ohio state. Like, that's that's what's frustrating with it. That's why I cannot wait for it to get the fuck out of here. Um <laughs> and and it's it's gonna be nice. And I'm glad that they got it right. Like this is all long-wind saying of like, yeah, I think they got it right. If USC wins, but it was still it was still ridiculous for like that 24 hours to listen to people try and say like TCU doesn't deserve to win this. And it's like or be in this, and it's like politely go like sit on a cactus like just this like no dumb so you're feeling good today aren't you i'm using all my energy right now i i am not <laughs> been feeling well i've been trying to rest and take it easy and then we're talking sports i'm trying to give it all here before
0: dealing with a bunch of holiday stress here and stuff so so where i'm at oh boy all right well long-winded way of getting us to point predictions tcu michigan i have the uh, spread up here do you want to play guess the spread first um i'm gonna say michigan six and a half so it's michigan minus eight good guess good guess um yeah let's stick with them tcu michigan michigan minus eight what's your score prediction
1: Dude, the TCU people have left a bad taste in my mouth. Um <laughs> I mean, that game's not happening for a while. So, but um I mean, they, they don't happen till like New Year's. I, I would assume we probably record before this. But yeah, be right, okay. right now, yeah, I would <laughs> I, if I'm a betting man, I would take TCU, and I would maybe sprinkle a little something on the TCU money line because, like I said, I think. Michigan and some of the Big Ten teams are a little bit fraudulent. I think they they beat up on the cupcakes of the Big Ten, and and that's just what it is. And I think this TCU team's good. Like I I, I really do. I I think that they. I would hope that they show up. I hope they don't give an Oklahoma playoff effort. That's that's all I'm hoping for. I want them. I would like the Big Twelve to be competitive. And I'm glad that's not an Oklahoma team that's just going to get the doors blown off of them again like they do every time that they're in there. So.
0: So I agree. I think TCU is going to cover, you know, plus eight's a a lot for a team that was undefeated before Big 12 championship. Um, So I, I think I'm taking the point spread for TCU, but I think Michigan is probably going to win. Um, I just think they'll have the ability to control the game a little bit more. Uh, TCU's offensive line looked kind of weak where I would say most of the season they looked fine, but they did, they looked like they had some woes um, when playing Kansas State. So I think Michigan's, Michigan's going to give them some headaches. I don't think it's going to be one of those higher scoring games that TCU usually likes to see, um, but I, I think it's going to be middle of the pack. The over-under is 58.5. I'm taking the under on it. I think it's going to be 24-21 Michigan over TCU um, with TCU covering the spread. Now, I don't think you gave a final score prediction. Do you want to to take a swing at it? Um, something. I'll go with 31-27 TCU. Oh, okay. I like that. I really like this. I really like this. Okay. Ohio State, Georgia. Guess the line, Newt. Uh, Georgia. Minus four and a half. And Georgia minus six and a half. These yeah. are hey, you know what? You're you're guessing decently well today. Um, I'll start. Georgia, six and a half favorites over Ohio State. I think um I don't know. It, it's I I can definitely see a world where Ohio State pulls us out. I just think that you play this game four times, Georgia wins three out of four. Um I really don't have much more analysis on it aside from just I think this is going to be one of those games where uh, Georgia just kind of pulls it out off of kind of more of a boring grind type win. Uh, They're going to slow down the high powered offense in Ohio state over under is 62.5 for this game. I think it is going to be a little bit closer to that line, um, but I think Georgia is going to win this game. Let's go with 28 to 31 Georgia over Ohio state. Um,
1: Georgia's gonna kick the shit out of Ohio State. Um, I could see I, that happening too. I I will honestly. I think it will be.
0: I just think Ryan Day is gonna pull out all the trick plays. He
1: and... he, he he's not a good coach. This isn't
0: this isn't. Urban he's good Meyer offensively. Ohio State.
1: He's he's good
0: offensively. Is, is that why they didn't do anything against Michigan? There are one game that matters every year. Let's be honest. So that Michigan game was way closer than people give it credit for. Just because the end score, Michigan ran away with it in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, for three quarters, that game was pretty close. And I oh, don't think people do are they nothing, give are giving do they give um,
1: wins after the third quarter? I didn't. I didn't realize that was a stat.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm saying. It, I mean, Michigan deserved a win, and they end up pummeling them in the fourth quarter. But that's not to like negate the fact that it was close for three straight quarters. So I don't know. I, I'm still thinking Georgia's gonna win. I just think Ohio State has more firepower than you're giving themselves credit for. I just, I,
1: I think that. I mean, Ohio State obviously has a ton of talent. I just, I think we've seen that Ryan Day is not Urban Meyer. I think that's the best way to put it. Sadly, say what you want about Urban Meyer, he did win some Natties. He was always able to whatever, and and he's won some championships. Struggle at the NFL level. Gonna keep his hands in his pockets, um, things like that. But regardless, I, I just, I also just think that this is a Georgia team that's just it's, it's too good. They've done it before. They've handled their business this entire year, and I just, I, I would be shocked if they're not doing it again. Like I'd be a little bit more worried about this Georgia team if it was like, hey, we lost our quarterback from last year or, or whatever. That kind of stuff, where it's like there might be someone who's who's not ready for the spotlight kind of thing. But I just I I think this is gonna be one that Georgia will be ready for it. They've been there, and and you know Ryan Day hasn't been there. He hasn't He doesn't show up in big games. I, I think I saw some stat where it's like it's like Ryan Day in it's like championship games or see if like he's like one in six or something. And like, it, he's just not good in like basically high ranked matches. Like it, and it's like, and it's not like Ohio state's ever at um, a disadvantaged talent wise. Like, that's the other thing It's like, they're not the scrappy underdog that doesn't have good enough talent. They're normally have more talent than everyone they face, except for maybe some teams in the sec. And sometimes they have more talent. Like, um, so I just, I think that that's just where, where it is. Um,
0: All right. So, okay. You're calling for a Ohio state. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. You're calling for a Michigan, Ohio state. Oh my gosh. You know, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Georgia versus Michigan. Um, And no, you're saying TCU versus Georgia. I forgot that you're calling for the upset. All right. Well, I'm saying Michigan versus Georgia. You're saying TCU versus Georgia and we'll, cross the national championship bridge when we get there. Cause we will record again before then. Um, I have a hot take before we sign off though, kind of changing pace here a little bit. So Dion Sanders coach prime announced as the new head coach for Colorado. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the video of him addressing the Buffalo um, with his first interaction with them, basically saying, Hey, I brought my luggage. So not many people here are probably going to have a starting job anymore. Um, lots of mixed reviews, lots of mixed reviews. I get the argument of, well, they won one game all season. This is his way of kind of giving some tough love and giving them a little bit of a kick in the ass. I just don't like saying, Hey, my son's the quarterback. He's probably going to deserve it. Like it, I've seen his coach or the coach's son play some highlights here and there. He dude can definitely ball. But at the end of the day, I don't think as a coach, you should ever bring in the narrative that there are some already open and closed positions here. You should always have a tryout. You should always have a battle and give these people the opportunity. And I also think what that does is it proves to you as the head coach that you can have this impact. So if you were to come in and work with the exact same starters that there were last year and win more, then he's proving his worth to Colorado that, hey, I'm not just a guy that can come in from an NIL appeal standpoint, but also from a coaching perspective, I know how to scheme against these defenses and actually win this way. So I didn't like it. I love coach prime. I really, really, really want him to do well. He's going to bring in a lot of talent through NIL just because he's an attractive enough coach where people want to play for him. But I, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I know that there was lots of mixed reviews on it. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I think that his quote got taken out of context because it was, like, a lot longer video and stuff, and that's just, like, how, you know, I don't know, like, that's what a coach is going to say is, like, hey, like, it is I'm here. You're not exactly the kids that i recruited, and, like, if you want to take the time to, like, go my way, then I would love to have it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be like uphill. It's going to be different than what you've anticipated. And if not, then you're free to go pursue other opportunities. You know, I have my guys that I can bring here, you know, like Matt Campbell did that at Iowa state, you know, it's like, just everything's not publicized and you know, whatever. And, and on video and and shit like that. But like, I, I knew a guy who was like a walk-on for Iowa state when Campbell came in he said, you know, like every coach kind of has to do that because you have to set this tone of like, you guys technically aren't my guys. Like no one's job is secure here. Things are going to be different than what you've had here. You're welcome to stay along, but you're going to have to do things my way because that's what I envision how we're going to like see success. And I'm not going to like, you know, <clears throat> whatever, like sort of compromise with you on this. I'm the coach. This is my program. I'm trying to lead it because the program has been struggling. I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. Um, I, I think All a right. lot of that stuff gets. Taken I like that into we're context. disagreeing today. Well, it's just, it's, I don't know. And like I saw people saying, like, you know, it's taking out content, whatever. It's just like, you can't, you know, like you can't sum up, uh, uh, like at least he's like talking to these kids and like he talked to his Jackson State guys and stuff like that. Like he's been really upfront with it. And, and like, I just don't yeah. think that you can everyone's always looking for a headline grab and everyone's always going to take one thing out of context or like hear one thing. And this is my perspective or my thought on it. It's like, none of us were there. We have no idea, you know, like we can only get the certain videos, but like there was an even longer video. I know where he was saying like, like, Hey, and, you know, it's like, you're the coach. This is your first big power five job. You want the control. Like you want your guys, you want the people that you are going to know and trust. Like, you might not want certain players because like, Hey, Colorado shit. They were just one in 11. They're arguably the worst power five school program right now. There yeah. it's no different than going when Matt Campbell came to, I would say, I would say it's one of the worst power five programs at the time. It's like, I don't even know if you want most of those guys. And and I don't want guys that are only going to half it or guys who are going to like partially be here. You know, guys who are going to be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like, I really like the old coach. I like the old ways and I'm I'm setting it, but I'm not going to change and like work out more or like spend more time watching film and stuff like that. It's like, okay, then get out of here. Like your scholarship isn't valid or whatever, you know, like.
0: I did I see really a lot of people it. taking it out of context because that the video was shared, you know, sporadically. And there were some that just shared like a quick little 30 second snippet of his video. I watched a decent amount of them. So I don't think I took them out of context. I understand where he's coming from. And in the sense that, yeah, you guys, aren't my guys, you guys weren't, you know, finishing on the precedence, or like I want to establish the precedence that we're a winning team. And this is not, you know, what I want to see out of my team. Um, so I, I get all of that, but at the same time, I think you're consequentially almost devaluing yourself as a coach. And I think coaching in college football also comes with a caveat on attracting players to come to your school. So there is that. And maybe that's what he was trying to do there, but I don't think he was also embracing the fact that, Hey, I can win with anyone. You know, that that's what a really good coach is. Matt Campbell came in and made a difference right away with some of Paul Rhodes players. And at the same time, like I've always said, you need to sometimes, Lie to your players. And this sounds really bad. You need to sometimes lie to your players in order to get the most out of them. You need to instill that confidence in them that, hey, I believe in you. I believe you can turn this around yourself. You have to embrace the workload and you have to go out and do it. But I believe that you can. And I think that he wasn't establishing that precedence of, hey, you guys have the ability to be great. I think he basically said, you guys are trash. I'm bringing my luggage in to get you guys all out. And, and, and again, A little bit taken out of context there. I'm aware of that, but I just I don't think that that's what I would want to hear if I'm a player who probably deserves a starting role next year as well. I I don't I don't know. It's a fun debate. No no one deserves a starting. I'm cheering him on
1: still. You're a one and eleven team. Who deserves a starting role on that team? No one.
0: You guys just played
1: worse enough for the entire coaching staff to get fired. You don't deserve a starting role. No one does. It's, It's you know it's no different. It's did you. When you played football in the eighth grade and you had a starting role, did you say next year I deserve a starting role because this last year I had a starting role? Is that is that the mentality that you had when you you that's also not the same to say that coaches
0: (laughs) that's also not to say like you watch the Houston Texans play and you see a really good player like Brandon That's NFL. It's different. He, he, I'm just saying, you can't say that every single starter on that roster doesn't deserve to play next year. That's bullshit. Like, it's but you also can't say a year.
1: vague statement that anyone just deserves to start because they started this year. They were a terrible fucking And you're season. exactly right. You That's why I think you should embrace you the battle.
0: That's why I think you need to embrace the starting, like the battle for the starting job before going in there and declaring that and that's what he's saying.
1: He, he's basically saying, Hey, I didn't the, the highway. You can either pack up yeah. your luggage because things aren't going to be the same as they were. And you might not mm-hmm. like the way I don't have a problem with that. Or you can toughen it out and, and earn your spot. That's what he's saying. I don't think there's a, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's just, that's just being brutally honest. I'd rather that than he be like, Hey, everything's fine guys. Like I'm going to retain all your scholarships. And then like these kids stick around and then, he still brings in transfers or new guys and then they sit around on their asses and they're not doing anything or like they don't improve or whatever like
0: i think the you have to make a note though to say went hey i think and and this is the part where to be fair to the point you're making maybe this was said in the snippet of video that we didn't that we didn't have a chance to watch so i'm going to raise my hand maybe this was said but i would have liked to have seen him make them aware that you, you guys still have the ability to be here and to earn and win a starting job. I guarantee again, you I, I didn't watch I the 30 second snippets. It. I saw the 30 second snippets. And I also saw one that was released of like three minutes and 30 seconds again, still probably not enough time, but those were the videos that I was able to see. And I'm like, hey, I really wish he shed a little bit more life. Cause you're not going to, you know, instill the confidence that is needed to turn around the current players on the roster. You're not going to be able to bring in 22 new starters. You're you're not. So you have to work. Portal's somewhere. pretty wild, man. The portal's pretty wild. And you're right. Actually, that's fair. The portal is pretty wild. Pretty fucking wild. <laughs> this is, is a little. Asu- that was, maybe that was a bad assumption of me to make. But either way, I like that we're disagreeing. I mean, we've
1: done that with basketball.
0: We had two people yeah. come back from a team, like literally two
1: people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. There's normally I'm wrong like, on this one. Maybe I am. Guys on I'm usually I'm I'm ninety nine percent right. Maybe this is the one time I'm wrong.
1: No, you're definitely wrong here.
0: <laughs> because All you and I right. would both agree
1: that there's nothing wrong with a coach saying that to us. You cannot have these assumptions. You can also not have these assumptions coming off such a shitty season. Like Ugh. no one's job is ever safe. No matter what you could, you could have been the best player on the team. And if someone's going to outwork your ass and cause they're like, Hey, I don't want to lose to this person again. I want to have playing time on this person. You get beat out the next year. That's how shit happens. It happens every yeah. year, you know, like, yeah. No different. Nothing's guaranteed in right. sport. We'll see. You prove it. We'll that's see. the best, That's the beauty of sport. That's why. That's why sports great.
0: That you that know, was Iowa State's. Those uh, the same. Usually, that was Iowa beautiful. State's one liner for a while too. Prove, prove it. Prove it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys made it this far, thank you. Thanks for bearing with us today. Um, yeah, head hey, on over for to the, D- the quickie episode,
1: guys. Um, yeah. You know, usual quickie episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, usual quickie episode that goes well over an hour. Can we please put um, these also- quickie on this one? <laughs> People are like, dude, this is longer than your interview is shown. It's, it's, it's like I can literally see how long this is. This is not a quickie. No, it's not- um, that was the Also, head on over to Iowa Chill's website. They have, uh, you know, some good deals going on. Get your uh, friends and family some Iowa Chill gear for the holidays. And, of course, visit BNC Fieldhouse, support our boy, Ben, Um, anything else before we close out you want to you want nine more minutes uh no um cheer
1: on the cyclones uh we're on to basketball season and um you know it'll be exciting we got some some good hoopers on both the the men's and women's teams, so it it should be a fun fun big 12 journey and and hopefully we can make the tournament and make some noise in, in both oh
0: so. And despite both women's and men's basketball losing to Iowa, we still technically won Sihawk Week again. I don't know how, but we did somehow. So, congrats to the uh, swimming swim. diving. I think team. I think
1: it was swimming clinching. Yeah, that swimming. like got
0: all the points. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. Well, roll clones. Roll clones, baby.